You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast 104. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, I do not have an update for you guys on David at the moment. Um, hopefully soon, though. Uh, but like I said in the last episode, I do have a uh, guest host, and it's Owen Rubin. Hey, hello, everybody. You're Good to be here. You're sick. I am sick. I've got this flu that's now an epidemic. Yeah, the CDC said it's an epidemic now. I know quite a few people who've been... Uh, I guess it's really bad too. It just it knocks you for a loop. Oh, th- this is on day eleven. Wow, that's too uh, long. Yeah, it. I thought after a week, it was like I was done with it, you know. So, but I don't, you know, just have to drink lots of tea, get lots of sleep. I just woke up like ten minutes ago, so <laughs> which uh, means that means I woke up like at a quarter to ten, quarter to ten in the morning on my time. <laughs> and thankfully, nobody uh, in my immediate family has gotten it, and I hope it stays that way. Wash your hands a lot. That's the real trick. I, I do that anyways. I, I wash my hands a lot during the day. There's um, a website I was trying to find it while we were talking, and I can't. Um, the CDC puts out that has a map of the U.S., and they show where the flu is and how it's bad. And normally it's got you know a couple red states and a few yellow states. This thing was solid red when I looked at it yesterday. Wow. You know, it was like, oh, my God. It's like it really is everywhere, you know. I think Hawaii was the only state that had um, light color. They say the uh, flu virus uh, vaccines are only 59% effective right now. Yeah, there's so many variants of the flu. Yep. That it can, although theoretically, the, was this H3N2, the way they, they list them? H1N1, I think, is the one that was the scary one a while back. It's supposed to have those in there, but did I get the flu shot this year? No. Hmm. I did forgot all about it. I've never I, got the flu shot. And, you know, how do you forget about it when every CVS pharmacy has a sign out in front that says, get your flu shot here? Uh, but, you know, I don't know, know if I trust some clerk standing at the pharmacy counter to stick a needle in my arm. Like yeah, that that kind of worries me a little bit, too. It seems a little, <coughs> yeah. I, so I don't I, know. Um, I want someone that's trustworthy. <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying that they're not, but they're not a trained medical professional either. Usually I get them from my doctor, but I that he calls and says, "Okay, we saved a flu shot for you." But I didn't get that call, and I forgot to call him just because been busy with this new game company. We're all all running around in circles trying to get our games ready to release pretty soon. So any, that's exciting. Uh, can you can you share any upcoming release dates or any? No, no, no. Soon, soon. I say uh, I'm just working now on you know getting the whole the whole uh, ordeal with Apple set up so we can get ready to release and. You know, getting the servers in place, and it's it's a lot of work. It's you know, uh, we want it we want it to look good and come out good and have good support for everybody and make sure that you know feedback is taken and that just a, it's a lot of infrastructure to get built up. So I'm having a good time though. It feels good to be that busy. Yeah, that's so. It's always a nice thing when you're not just kind of waiting for something else to happen. Yeah, 
which was my life for quite a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, I remember. I mean, as an independent consultant, it sucks sometimes. Well, it's days. feast or famine. I mean, yep. you're either extremely busy or you've got nothing. Yeah, and so this is nice to be really busy, and uh, there's some fun stuff coming. My game is coming along, not as fast as I would like it to. I'll probably be in the second wave, but because uh, I'm just too picky, you know, I want it to be right. This going to call you a monk? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry? I said we're going to call you a monk. Monk? Yeah, the detective who's... You know, sometimes I feel like Monk when it comes to this. You know, it's like, ah, that thing's got to be moved over just one more pixel because it's not centered. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you sort of get where you really want things to be exactly right. And so I am that way a little bit. So it's kind of nice to be doing a show with someone. Of course, I did the last one by myself. And it's, it was funny because at the beginning of that podcast, I say... Uh, it's going to be a shorter episode, and it was actually one of the longer episodes. I was saying it wasn't had. so short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just kind of started going, and uh, new things were popping in my head as as time went on, and I just kept on keeping on, I guess. So I wanted to circle back to some of those things. And, sure. and, and like I told you earlier, I did turn my heater off in the background. I wanted to make you feel at home, but I figured I wouldn't put that noise there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a feeling it was tell. probably... No, I'm at home now. Uh, but I had a feeling that it was probably going to be loud because that heater, the vent, uh, was literally pointed right at me, and right where the mic was. High up in the ceiling, yeah, to the room, yeah, right. But I actually was. I was starting to shiver right when it came on, so it was good timing for you know at, at least warming up a little bit. But uh, you know, I, I have no idea as I'm recording if it's really picking it up loudly or not. You could hear it. I mean, it wasn't. It doesn't drowning you out, but. I figured if your mic at that distance is picking it up, it was loud for you. So. It was. It was loud uh, for me. And speaking of shivering, it's like I think that's why the flu is so bad. It's uh, we dropped into freezing last night, California. It's like it was. Uh, I can always tell the heater in our house gets set way back, like the fifty-seven degrees. Well, you get, when you say California, though, you have to be specific because there are parts of California that have roughly the same weather yeah, as Michigan. Good. We're we're uh, just outside San Francisco. So. Yeah on the coast and we were dropped into freezing last night and some of the little areas nearby dropped below freezing which is you know we don't see that very often no. so uh, my heater which i think rolls back to like 57 degrees almost never comes on at night i think it came on three times last night <laughs> and you know it's like it's cold yeah yeah it's uh you know it's funny about california it's such a big state i was there's a show on i'm gonna say the history channel but i could be wrong and it's called how the states got their name Okay. Or how the state sh- got their shape. Shape. Yeah, shape. I just wondered about California. And uh, it, it was really, really interesting uh, where the federal government wanted to put the border and then where the people in California said they, where they wanted the border. And California huh. won. But there's this big thing where uh, Northern California, there's a huge movement, at least a couple of years ago, and I don't know, you know how strong it is now. And uh, they wanted to succeed from... Calif- the rest of California. Oh yeah, Southern California at one point, right? Um, well, they want no. This is Northern California that was talking about this, and there has been this whole talk over and over in California yeah. about splitting it down the middle. It's usually fights over water, by the way. Yep. And uh, they wanted to name Northern California Jefferson. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it was really interesting, and uh, th- it would take part of Oregon. And part of, uh, I don't know if it took any, oh, mostly a little bit of Oregon and then, of course, California itself, a lot of it. Um, but it was interesting. because And the people that live there are saying, you know, look, when people think of California, they don't think of us. 
They don't think of the way things are here. We're totally different than the Bay Area or even Southern oh, yeah. California. That it's really should be three states, not not one or even two. <coughs> Sorry. So I thought that was interesting. You, you mentioned you know the weather there and that you're not used to getting that cold, but it's like no, actually, there's quite a few Californians who are used to getting that cold. Yeah, I think if it broke into three, you would divide it down the middle in the Central Valley, because the east side of the state is 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 mostly a red state. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very Republican. It is, and uh, and, then, and then there's the Northern California and Southern California, which are very similar on the coast, um, state-wise, but pe- and people-wise. But there's all these arguments over water because the water is mostly north, and let's face it, Los Angeles is a desert. Yes, so as is as is uh, Las Vegas, and both places get water from the same trough the of Colorado. Colorado. It's running out of water. Yeah. Well, it doesn't even go down into Mexico anymore. <clears throat> nope, that There's stopped a in the eighties. Film called The Cadillac Desert. If you haven't seen that documentary, it, it you just you kind of watch this thing about how Los Angeles has taken water out of northeastern California, and you go, "Holy crap!" You know, especially this part about this tunnel they built through the mountains to get the water there. It's just, it's it's amazing how much water they use. And between them and Vegas, they uh, we used to go. We haven't done it recently, but boating on Lake Powell, and Lake Powell, you know, is at the top of the of the Grand Canyon, and the water comes down to Lake Mead at the bottom. I think I've got that right. Um, and you can see on the wall how many feet the lake has fallen. Yeah, they had to move the marina there. Several times. Yep. Yeah. And if you go look at the surface area of Lake Powell, you realize that like one foot, one foot drop, how many, you know, millions of gallons that is, right? And it was down, you know, 28 feet, uh, down 35 feet. It continues to drop like crazy. Uh, It stores 24,322,000 acre feet of water when full. And it's it's never going to get full again. That's the thing. (laughs) It's way down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with the droughts we've been having, it's scary. I mean, I don't, wa- water is going to become a real scary thing in the United States fairly soon. Not for me. Hmm? Not, not not for me. Why is that? I live in a place called the Great Lakes State. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Although you guys had kind of drought conditions this year too, it was it was pretty dry for you guys. It was absolutely, yeah. and it's been a very <laughs> mild winter so far as well. So um, mixing Las Vegas, yep. I want to talk about CES a little bit. Great. Because I heard you talking about that last time. Uh, and your who cares comment. Uh, I have to agree with you. I'm not there. I used to go every single year. Mm-hmm. And there's very little I ever saw at Las Vegas that I didn't couldn't read about somewhere. Well, here's the thing. The people who do go uh, keep justifying it to themselves. Like, well, you, it's this is a big deal. We have to be here. Uh, Bill Palmer comes to mind from beat week magazine and uh you know he's there and he makes it sound like it's a big deal but it's not a big deal it's a lot of fun don't get me wrong i always sure. go in vegas I, I and see us tons of fun but i have to ask you though you said there were products you found at MacWorld that you never saw in line but you didn't say what they were uh it's a brand called cumatics and okay. they sell a. Uh, I did a review, I think, at my Mac, or at least on Tech Fan at one point. And uh, they had this uh, product. I'm going to say it's called a portfolio, but I might be wrong. And it was a Bluetooth case and keyboard for the iPad. 
very similar uh, to the Zag model, but it was right. it was cheaper, and the quality of the leather, quite honestly, was better than the Zag, wow. and the keyboard was held in with magnets, so you could pick up you know one corner of the case, let it fall open, and the the keyboard won't fall out, but nice. you can just grab it and pull it right out, no problem. I use a Kensington that's got uh, a removable keyboard like that. Yeah, like. but this one is this is oh, I know the one you're talking about. As well as I the new one. Three of them because I've tried all three of them. Yep. The problem I have with keyboard cases is they make the iPad so big all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Kind of defeats the purpose of having a nice slim iPad. Yeah. Well, then it's then you then I have a, a, a MacBook Air, right? You know, it's like. <laughs> well, Qmatics, the the one they made, I it was my favorite, and okay. they're not making it anymore. Oh, that's too bad. Um, yeah, like, they uh, didn't get the brand recognition, uh, mostly I think because they never advertise. I don't know why companies. I don't care how great your product is. If no one knows about it, you, you're right. not going to sell it. Well, I remember John John Nemo and I uh, reviewed this uh, rolling backpack case. Mm-hmm. We got it one of the Macworlds maybe Rickshaw? four years ago. Uh, no, not Rickshaw. I love Rickshaw stuff. No, this was some little company that had come out with this. This I still have it. We, it's probably one of my most used cases. It's it's a full backpack size. You can wear it like a backpack. The wheels can can be protected so they don't hit your back. But when you take it off, you can pull a handle out, push the shoulder straps inside this little hold piece, and then the wheels are there, and you can take it as a rolling bag. I think you've showed that to me before. John and I love this thing, and we we wrote this big, long review on it for for my Mac, and then the guy disappeared. He never advertised it anywhere. He never got the word out around enough, and he just, I guess he didn't survive. It was one of the best cases I've ever owned. Yeah, it's frustrating. You, you, You almost want to go to them when you see them heading down this path and go, look. Your stuff is good. People just need to know about it. Yeah. There's nothing inherently better um, with a lot of these brands of of the products that we use. We just know about them. Yep. And as G.I. Joe used to say, knowing is half the battle. There you go. (laughs) So I was really disappointed that Qmatics is going out of business. Oh, I I don't know if they're going out of business. They're just not making this case anymore. That's too bad. But their company... Cases for my iPad. Right. Their their company... Uh, had been around a long time, but what they did was they would make the branded cases for everybody else. So if you went to T-Mobile and bought a phone, the case that said T-Mobile on the package was actually made by this company, Qmatics. Well, they saw the the popularity of Spec, and they're building their own brands, and you know, so they thought that's we need to do that, and they started it, and they make good iPhone cases, they make good iPad stuff, but they never advertised anywhere. Wow. It's frustrating. I can't find them doing a Google search either. Q, 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 U, Matic, Q, Matic, with a with a X at the end. I X. Well, I'll look that up. I'm curious because I always I, sad to see things that are great. Oh, Q, Matic. I see. Oh, there they are. Okay, I'll have to look at that. Oh, that's the one. I th- I think I saw you carrying that. It has the Apple logo in the center. No iPad 2 portfolio Bluetooth case. Yeah, that's the well, one. Well, I'm going to have to look that up. It looks like I can still buy it on Amazon. Well, we tried to uh, reorder some because we sell every one we get. And we had one on demo with an iPad actually in it so people could see it. And uh, it was three to one people would pick that case once they... It's 100 bucks. It says yeah. retail 149 but, Yeah, we were selling uh, it for 100 bucks. If there's a, there's a website called CaseCo, C-A-S... CIO that seems to have them in stock, so maybe they just they have what's left of them. Yeah, that looks like a really nice case. It's a really like nice case, and I was I was bummed out that they decided not to carry it anymore. So back to CES, 
uh, I think my favorite thing there is something that I'll never ever buy, uh, but it was the coolest thing to see, and that was LG showed off uh, organic LED television. Now, if people don't know what organic LEDs are, they're they're not truly LEDs of the sort like the little things you see on the corners of you know the backlight, the TVs and stuff. When you see LED TV advertised for your large TV, it's really an LCD with LED lights behind it. Right. Instead of having fluorescent tubes like old thing. That's what they mean when they say LED display. So the, the thinnest TV you could buy up until now is an LED display, which is LCD with LED behind it. They're very thin. Organic LED is actually an organic process that creates the equivalent of an LED so it's light emitting. Hmm. Okay, and it's ultra ultra thin, and it's flexible, which is the cool part. So now TVs would, can go down to two millimeters thick. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And they self-generate their lights. There's no backlight, so they use less power. Hmm. Um, so I saw this thing, this 15-inch OLED TV. The the you have a PS Vita, I heard you say, right? Yes, I do. That is an OLED, OLED display. Yes. Sony's, it, yeah. And it's very bright. And it's very vivid. And the colors are sharp because... Not compared things, to uh, an, a new iPhone, it's not. No? No. But one of the things you get out of OLED is when the pixel is off, it's off. It's black. So the contrast ratios on OLED are incredibly high because in an LCD, you have a backlight that's always on. Right. And then you use, you know, use liquid crystal to, to block the, polarize the light to block it. But it never gets fully, fully black. It gets close to black. But with OLEDs, you get full black. So the contrast ratio end to end is just amazing. Um, and then I looked at the price: nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Wow, that's crazy. Who's buying this TV? Well, there's a lot of them at CES this year. They're they're showing these uh, 4K TVs and yeah. at 85 I, inches, and it's thirty thousand dollars. And I'm like, who? Who the hell is buying that? Next to my 3D TV that I don't own. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, they said I, I, there was this, and I talked about this on the last episode. The Verge had this article that says uh, CES this year, 3D is dead. Yeah, I and heard you say that. Yeah, I, I hated the 3D technology. <laughs> it's just terrible. Do you not like the movies either, or just no. you don't like 3D TVs? No, I don't like the movies either. It's really? distracting. It's a. It it always feels like a gimmick. Always. Huh. I went and watched, uh, my wife and I went and saw The Hobbit. Do you like it? That's right. The first of three of a single book. I don't yeah. know why it has to be three movies. But um, yeah, okay. it was like Lord of the Rings. It was very engaging, it, it, violent. If, but you know, but we, we saw it in the 3D theater because that's the, what tickets were available. And normally, you know, my wife, like she looks at me and says, why, why, she whispers, why do we need 3D? This doesn't really add anything to this movie. And then as that movie gets going, there are times where you get vertigo from the 3d in it it's done so well yeah but is and that a good thing do you really want to get vertigo when you're watching a movie it added in my case in this time i there's two movies i've seen in 3d that i've really liked up the pixar film up was fantastic in 3d because hmm. i had seen it the second time and not in 3d and it really made a difference and this was really kind of amazing there's a scene i don't know if you've seen the movie no. There's a scene where they get out onto this tree over a cliff, and the camera kind of swings out up over the Oh, you mean, you mean up? No, Hobbit. No, not yet. And then there's a couple scenes where things explode, and I found myself jumping back because stuff comes flying off the screen into your face. Well, I know and, it was uh, shot in 4K. It was, oh, yeah. It was also done in the, what do you call it? Super um, high def. 
the forty-eight the forty-eight kilohertz. Cause, yes. Uh, and we and that this theater had that. So again, for people who don't know, film runs at twenty-four frames per second, and the new high def films, the new higher resolution films. I don't know if it's resolution; it's, it's frame rate. Is forty-eight frames per second. So all, twenty-four is on the very edge of susceptibility to seeing flicker. You can you can sometimes notice it out of the corner of your eye. This thing was sharp and clear. It was real and bright. It was amazing. I heard a lot uh, of people don't like it because it is it's better than reality, and it was so sharp and so crisp that they it isn't. Yeah, it felt different. Yeah, it did. I but haven't it, I haven't gone like I said. But it's one of those things I want to go, and I've actually got a couple free movie tickets to uh, the the movie place in Oak Park, Illinois, because we were running an uh, an ad. That's right. You're running an ad. Yeah. And so uh, they gave us free tickets, and I'm I'm just waiting until our ad starts up at the end of this month, like the 24th, cool. and I want to see what our ad looks like, you know, on a huge th- screen. I know. Did, I, you, did you do it? Uh, no, some of our guys did though. Okay. Uh, you saw the ad, right? Uh, yeah, and from your last podcast, you mentioned where it was. So. Yeah, and so well, it was two podcasts ago. Yeah, it could have been, but it's it's on our. It's if you go to, if you find the Max Specialist page on uh, Facebook, you'll you'll find the ad. Okay, well, so going back, though, I'm going to circle all the way back around. Yep. The cool... Do you remember the the sci-fi show Earth Final Conflict? Sure. I loved that show. And one of the things I loved in that show is they had this phone that was a little tiny kind of round tube. I don't know how to call it. It was a small thing you could use as a phone. But when you wanted the display, you pulled it out the side. So you got this great big, you know, five-inch display that kind of extended from the... It looks like it unrolled. And and everybody, I know, oh, you can't do that with this way. Well, this is what OLEDs will let you do now. And Samsung showed off their first phone with a flexible display. Now, it's just a prototype, but they had an OLED display uh, on display. And people who... I've talked to a couple people who said they saw it and handled it and said, oh, my God, it was amazing. This bright little screen, but it was movable. So they could do a phone with a eventually where the display collapses and goes away it's interesting i mean because at that point you can almost buy the screen size you want yeah you can have it roll out to whatever you want it to be and the cool part is now you can have a little tiny phone again you know we were talking about phones with some friends saying well they missed the little phones like the they used to have in their pocket because phones have started to get big again i think dave pogue said about one the galaxy was like putting a frozen waffle in his pocket (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's just like big and flat. And, yeah. And imagine though, if you could have all the functions of a phone, so you could just hold it. But then, when you want the display, you just pull it out. I had a yeah. uh, an argument with someone just recently who was trying to convince me that, um, yes, the 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 iPhone's great now, but really, all the innovation and all the best phones are coming out of Samsung now. HTC, in my opinion. But and yeah. yeah, but they're going to be out of business soon. <laughs> and his. Uh, his arguments were all in specs. And yeah, after a while, I said, you know, the average consumer doesn't care about all these specs. They may say they do, but they really don't. And all you have to look at, uh, he's like, oh, the, Samsung's selling more phones than Apple. That's, they're better. Well, Samsung spends more money on advertising the Galaxy phones than Apple, Microsoft, and Google put together spends in advertising and something of like five times magnitude. 
Well, but hang on a second. So Samsung has the Galaxy Note, the Illusion, the Galaxy, the Galaxy S, the 2, the Galaxy Note. The Ga- I mean, Samsung has how many? I don't even know how many phones Galaxy and ha- Samsung has anymore uh, out on the market. Maybe 25? No yeah. wonder they sell more phones. Sure. But, but then you look at data usage. And data usage is a good indicator of what people are doing with their phones. Um, yeah. iPhone users, you're using right. It. They're using it. Um, other for anything other than a telephone, and uh, iPhone users are using ten times the data usage than a, a Galaxy user is using, which wow. means people are buying these Galaxies because a they're cheap, um, and b the salesman got a spiff for selling it, and that's <laughs> where they're. I mean, look, if you're going to get extra fifty bucks if you sell this phone over that phone, you're going to sell oh, that of course. phone, of course, and they're going to push them that way. And most people are very, mm, what's the word, unsophisticated. I have to smile here. I went to a, uh, a website that says all Samsung phones, and there's a two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Where's one, two? There's seven across by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen lines, and at the bottom it says page one of ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are. I mean, that's that's one reason they sell a lot of phones because they come out with a new one every week it seems like now I, some people could point at what apple's doing and say yeah but there's a bunch of iphones too well yes and no there's a bunch of iphones because there's more multiple carriers so you can't you can't sell you can't make one for at&t they really are the same iPhone. They, they're the yeah. same thing the only difference is uh, well how much what what size do you want your storage space to be right Although it's interesting, so Apple's always had this thing one product a year. No, like well, they have been for a while. That's that's been changed for a year and a half now. Well, the, the until the five, well, the five was about a year after the four S, wasn't it? No, it was about eight months, six months, eight something months. like that. Yeah. And then the mini, the mini, and the iPad four came out within six months of the previous. So I expect we're going to see two phones this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we're probably going to see a 5S, and we're probably going to see a 6. And I, I know I've been reading there's some rumors going around, people saying that's probably what's going to happen as well. Uh, I was, I did not get the 5. I mean, I, I'm still I'm still nursing my 4 along with its bad home button. Um, I wanted, I actually wanted a bigger, sc- bigger, wider screen. I was hoping they were going to do a phone in the Galaxy size. It would be nice to have a slightly larger screen. Yeah. And, and length wasn't the problem, you know. Although you saw my joke, right? The yes. iPhone 10, the longest iPhone ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're just going to keep getting longer. Uh, but I, I like it. I might end up getting it anyway, just because I, you know, it's time for a new phone. And you're developing uh, software for it. Developing software for it. No, no one in our company has a five yet, so we're all la- laughing, going, "Well, we have to buy one somewhere. Someone has to have a five. So I've got the 4S, and I replaced it recently, maybe a month and a half ago, because my original 4S. Um, would start turning itself up volume wise, just, <laughs> and that's kind of annoying after a while. So nice, yeah. It it would just turn itself up. You still there? Sorry for laughing. Yeah, okay. sorry, I, I coughed, so I muted. Sorry. Gotcha. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I got it replaced under warranty, which is great. So I still have a four S, ostensibly exactly the same phone. It's a white thirty two four S, and. Uh, you know, I've looked at the fives. I really, really like them, but I really don't. I'm not in a big hurry to upgrade right now, to be honest. The only thing I played with one for a while, I you know, I 
a friend of mine has it, so I we put them side by side and played. The only thing I was amazed by the five was just how fast it was. Yeah, and you know what's funny? So you know, I have I have a four that has three G, and he has the five that has the true LTE networking in it. Yeah, and we're both on AT and T. We set the phones next to each other, and we run speed test on them. And I get you know one point six megabits down, and a little less than one up, and his comes thirteen point seven megabits down and four point two up. Wow, so that's huge! Like, Holy crap! Is it really that much faster? It was like that was truly broadband speeds on that phone. That that floored me. We opened some websites to stream a video, and he was like five minutes into the video, and mine was still spinning to buffer. You know, um, crazy. It was really impressive how fast it was. So I, it, it was very tempting after that, going, oh, I gotta have one of those. So. Well, let's uh, run back to CES. Was there anything else that you had there? The Pebble. I'm so sorry I didn't pre-order one on Kickstarter. Are you? You know what the Pebble is? Yeah, that watch. That watch. It's getting a lot of. Pre- it, there are already people who've pre-ordered selling them for about 400 bucks on eBay. Yeah, I think it's going to be a failure, to be honest. You know where the failure was? Apple didn't do it. They already had it. Apple had the Na- iPad Pod Nano, which if uh, there was a number of us developers who kept writing Apple saying, please open it, let us write apps for it. Because, you know, it's a mini mini iPod Touch, right? It isn't. Mm-hmm. It's not running iOS. I know it's not running iOS. That was the reason. But we still wanted to have access to it so we could write apps for it. You know, come out with a developer kit, and they didn't, unfortunately. Uh, but I think Apple could have had that exact same product. I think there's a reason they didn't. I think it's of very limited interest, and everybody who really wants one will get one, and then nobody else is going to want one. Be curious to watch. I mean, the the Kickstarter people got on the Kickstarter was amazing. The demand for it. Yeah, but that was a year ago. They're selling on eBay still, so it's an interesting thing to watch. To me, that's uh, (laughs) no pun intended. To watch, yeah. Ah, A lot of people like it because they put their phone in their pocket, and this gets them sort of a a mini screen into their phone. We'll see. I I think it's kind of a cool idea. It's four hundred bucks. I wouldn't pay four hundred bucks for it. That's the problem. If it was seventy nine ninety nine, maybe. Um, but it is too limiting. So it, it will show you your text, but you can't reply to your text there. you got to pull your phone out again. And then the stupidest product, the, the word for the stupidest product at CS, I think, goes to NVIDIA <laughs> for the, the Shield, which I heard you talk a little bit about last week. What the hell are they thinking? Um, I don't know if you've been following NVIDIA. They've also inter- They've also announced somewhat quietly this new cloud-based gaming platform where they're going to put all the graphic power in the cloud and stream you a video. So you're, you supposedly get, you know, Xbox and PS3-like graphics capability with, with amazing rendering power because it's all done in the cloud and you just have a video looking, so you're playing your game sort of in the cloud and locally. And We'll see. I guess maybe that's why they needed a gaming console to prove if that works or not. Uh, I just was surprised by it. I, like you, I have a PS Vita, and... I take it out and I'm always I always go this is such a cool little gadget there's nothing to play and the other thing is have you looked at the price of games for the Vita? it's too expensive and that's that's what I've been saying for a while that the PS3 prices they're, they're usually 10 bucks less than the PS3 yeah, type but roughly. but it, it's that's the problem it's like uh, you guys don't realize that the people that are would be even interested in your product are already buying iPhones and iPads and Android devices. And they're used to spending for a quality game at the most, at the very most, fourteen ninety nine. 
and that's a that's a rare one. And that's an exp- I mean, I hate to admit it. I downloaded a game. Someone posted on the my Mac. Um, what was it called? I played this game, and it was a, it was originally buck ninety nine at two twenty nine. It came down to a buck ninety nine, and I finished the game in an hour. <laughs> yeah. So, I it's went, like really. I started saying myself, kind of, kind of feeling ripped off, and I went, "Wait a minute! I, I paid two bucks. Okay, right. you know, it, get over it." Uh, but that's sort of where the. Did mindset. you ever try out the we in the last time you were on the show a couple episodes ago? Uh, one hundred, wasn't it, or was it one hundred one? Whatever. I think, or yeah, was, I missed one hundred. Yeah, so it was one hundred one. Uh, I was telling you, it was called Emergency. I did not. Yeah, they came out with a couple of new. Uh, I don't know. I guess you call it maps, in-app purchases couple missions like three three new missions and they either ratched ratcheted up the difficulty or i haven't played it in so long that i lost some skill <laughs> <laughs> that happens I so, just, well, you know my wife always laughs she says uh, how many games do you have on your iphone now um one two three four five six seven i got like eight screens of stuff you yeah. know which are full of folders by the way and my 32 gig phone is completely full, so I have to keep going deleting stuff. But I play a lot of games, and I and I and for a buck I I spend way too much money on games, I guess, because for a buck you can play games that are very cool. But there's Jet a lot Pack of them that Joy are free Ride. too. Play Jetpack Joyride. That's a great game. By the way. It was. Um, it, the problem with like, it is it's it's too repetitive. Well, I like runners, so you have to. I like do runners. too, but it, it starts at the same spot. Every single time, yeah. and it's yeah. just like, ugh. Well, if you if you go after the the those little um, uh, what do you call them the achievements you have to get and focus on those, it makes the game more fun. Right? Yeah, and I and I did that, and I and I got really really good at the game. I got almost all the achievements that you can get. Okay, but it just I, I wanted an update so the background was a little different or change it up some. Give me something, hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I just I got bored with it really quick. So as we're on the iPhone, I found a thing called Hide Apple Apps. Have you seen this thing? No. So um, some guy sent me an email on it because I was complaining that let's back up. I, I still don't like Apple Maps. I'm still not happy with Apple Maps. I, we tried to use it when we were in New Zealand, and we would say, show me restaurants nearby. And I'm in New Zealand, and I get a restaurant in San Francisco. It's like, come on, really? So, so Google Maps has come out. And Google Maps brings to the iPhone 4 what people with Siri have on the iPhone. You, know, you can talk to it, and it's and it and it's actually quite good. And it has spoken directions. And so I wanted. To, I said, Well, how do I get rid of Apple Maps? So there's this thing called Hide Apple Apps. Um, and basically, what it does is it it, it it basically I think it's a website. It takes you. I'm trying to get to the, the URL. Um, Called the, the name of the group was RAG3 Hack, okay, and they found out that you can, if you try to install an app with the same name as an Apple app, it will fail. And when it's in the fail mode, you can press and hold the icon, and they will wiggle, and you can delete, theoretically, the <laughs> Apple app, and it disappears from the screen. It's still there, and as soon as you reboot, power off, power back on, it comes back, but it takes it off your screen. That's kind of neat. I thought, well, that's without without having to jailbreak, you can sort of hack your hack your app. I thought it was very really kind of funny. So it's, you know, it says tap on an app name below, press install, uh, tap done when the install fails, and delete the app in jiggle mode. Hmm. R A G three hack. It was actually a very clever idea. So if there's like you don't want Apple Maps on your homepage anymore, and you really don't, you can just make it disappear. It comes back when you reboot, but 
you can make the ones you don't care about disappear. I thought that was a very clever hack. It is. Let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll get to our feedback and uh, and talk more with Owen. We'll be right back. So, guess. Sorry, I'm just boogieing out to that. You know, while that's playing, you know, I'm shaking my ass. It is so catchy. I'm shaking my ass. Ass? <laughs> I'm shaking my ass. Ass. I'm shaking my ass. My ass. I'm sorry. Guys joke. Guys joke. Mostly clean. I do have a tip for you. It's a very, very quick one. That's why we've been going on about nothing. Oh, no change there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm interrupting Can I do you this again. tip? I'll be, yes, I'll be quiet now. Daz's tips. Guys jokes. Only, thank goodness, on the My Mac podcast. We're back here on Tech Fan. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, the easiest way to do it is to go to our website, techfanpodcast.com. You can either comment, you know, right in the, the posting for the episode you're commenting on. Or you can click the button that says feedback and uh, or contact us and fill out the little form, click send, and we will get it and uh, read it right here on the air. We've got two this time. Uh, the first one is from uh, Eric Osaki, and he writes, Please send David my best. Hope he can get healthy soon. It was great hearing uh, Brooke on the past podcast. Looking forward to hearing the old school godfather, Owen Rubin, return. <laughs> <laughs> we got some games for you here. <laughs> Yeah, it's. You're gonna like him. <laughs> you know, I was thinking Thank about you. this That's after right. I read that from Eric, and uh, I, I I probably fall into a little bit of that myself. The the you know old school tech, and uh, I love old school tech. I'm sorry, I, I, have I do too. Clocks around my house. It's yeah. I I see a lot of the people that are really kind of from the new generation getting into tech now. Sorry. And it's definitely a different mindset it's almost like they don't really understand how we are where we are right now what led up to this i was in the grocery store the other day walking by the magazine section and when i was growing up i remember popular electronics and electronics illustrated and it must have been and i'm trying to think some of the other ones these magazines where you could build projects and some of them you built electronics and there wasn't a single magazine on the shelf i could find except for maybe make uh that has younger people building stuff yeah it's it's something it is all software and all of the stuff that we get in our there's some exceptions you know i think apple's probably the exception to this rule and a few of the pc stuff out there but is just cheap plasticky stuff now disposable there i want to see people build their own stuff i'll give you an example my uh, my boss the company we have pure genius this guy and he's amazing so he had a swimming pool put in his backyard and they did a slate kind of like deck mm-hmm. and he realized it was going to be, he's in LA, way too hot. Okay. So he, he wanted to have, you know, those, like when you go into shopping malls and you see those fountains where the water pops up out of the concrete. Yeah. He thought that'd be really cool. He built the whole thing himself. Hmm. He figured out how to make the nozzles so the water would come up in that straight flow. And then he made his own valves that would turn them on and off and then he went and got little computer you know like home mouse brains one of the little small computers on a chip yep. and programmed it so now when you go see his house he's got these this water pops up in patterns all these cool patterns around his pool and i was like see where's a magazine to tell people how to do that hmm. that was the coolest thing in the world i thought 
I used to build all sorts of stuff and set fire to my bedroom when I was a kid. You know, it's... Well, because we wanted stuff that just wasn't available. I guess that's it. Spirit of innovation, which I don't know if exists anymore outside the software realm. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to that, but let's read your other feedback. Uh, the other one is from uh, Alyssa Paselli. Of course, she is uh, one of the hosts of uh, The Geeky Ladies, Three Geeky Ladies. And she writes, I had to laugh listening to your rant about Apple Mail and Entourage. <laughs> I have no problems with either for the most part. I use mail for my Gmail account and Entourage 2008 for my ISP mail. The only problem I've encountered, I believe, are caused by my ISP. I tried using mail on both my computer and iPad for ISP mail, but only certain emails showed up. All emails arriving using Entourage are all... Okay, yeah. Uh, ended up deleting the ISP account for mail. However, when I travel, I forward all my ISP email to Gmail without issue and read them all on my iPad. Who knows yes, why? The, Go figure. That's what the average person's going to do, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I have... I, I've, I'm a big... I, I, I'm the poster boy for Apple Mail on how to abuse it. I mean, there's <laughs> eight, 18 accounts in it, and I, I have 150 folders, and I have rules filing stuff. They broke the new Apple Mail. And I'll tell you what my biggest complaint on the new Apple Mail is. Just, I have one. All the other things I can live around, the things like you're talking about, it moves, it moves the spam file when it's not spam. I I can live through all that because I can find it. But the latest release, digression. Steve Jobs is gone. And I think a lot of the old guard at Apple are gone. And there's no one to walk around to the new younger programmer saying, you can't do that. I agree. I agree. And, Apple is actually one of the youngest companies in Silicon Valley now. Yeah, and these guys are making changes because they think it's cool, and there's no one around to say, this is why we did this. Mm-hmm. Okay? I have rules. So, like, when my Mac mail comes in, it moves it to a my Mac folder. When mail from work comes in, it moves it to a disk folder. And they get moved around to folders. In the Up until this release, if I clicked on that mail, regardless of what folder was it, it was in, and said reply it would send it back via the account it came in from. Okay? Yep. So if, if it was a Gmail file and it's now filed under clock projects and I click on it in clock projects and say reply, it would put Gmail as the... Now, all mail, not in its original folder, not in the original folder, will reply from your default mail address. Yep. And that... And I gotta tell you, because I have... You know, I have, I have a personal mail, I have my Mac mail, I have my... Work. I have my work mail. I have my consulting company mail. I need to reply from the right message box. I have and the same problem, and it, it drives me crazy because I'm always sending it from the wrong place because I forget to look. I believe there's a setting that you can click, and so it doesn't do it. But it doesn't work because uh, I was having exactly the same problem. Um, there was a preference I clicked, and it stopped doing that. But then it decided it's just going to randomly pick one now. Oh, that's even worse. Yes. Because, I know. because you know, I, I run a Mac, I, I run Mac specialist, right? It's an Apple right. specialist. Why? Well, I, I don't want a lot of our our vendors and customers to know that I also happen to be the publisher of my Mac magazine. Right. Exactly. A few times that's happened, and you know, <laughs> it, there was no repercussions or anything. But it's kind of like Jesus Christ, really. But they had to take code out. You know, someone took code out that did that. Yep. Right. And you look at this and you go, "Why?" Um, well, they I, said they made the new Apple Mac. Uh, mail program more iPad like and it, faster yeah. it is faster it is but okay, it but I think that's what they did they cut away code that they didn't think 
I would need. Why is Skype giving me advertisements now? Sorry. Um, anyway. It's so irritating. I, I use it, but I agree with you. I, I never like... I used to use Entourage all the time. Entourage... I did, too. It, it crashes. Yep. It used to crash all the time. It used to screw up my mailboxes. Well, it also keeps everything in one database. So yeah. if you get one email, it has to back up the whole two-gigabyte database file again. You get one corruption, you lose all your mail. Yes. Yeah. So you always have to keep backing that. Oh, and you're right about Entourage. So I back up my computer with Time Machine now, and I still use Retrospect for some of my machines. Um, and so if you read one mail, now you have a new two-gigabyte backup to go out. Exactly. Right, because that whole file changed, and I always liked mail programs that kept the mail separate. Um, um, so I was actually I saying, I don't saying, think I said it. Find it annoying. Yeah, I don't think I said it on on the last episode when I was on my email rant, and I still believe. Uh, of course, it's only been a few days since I recorded that show. Um, there's a really a, a great opportunity for someone to come up with a brand new email client. I really think so. But Did beyond that, a program called Inbox is that the one I was thinking of? I can't remember the one I used to really like. Oh, if if there's someone out there that says, "Hey, you really should try this," send me a link. Send us both a link. Yeah, and the thing is, I I'll be able to tell just by looking at screenshots whether it's going to be good or not. Do you remember <laughs> Quick Mail? Do you remember Quick Mail? Right I do. Uh, CE C- software. CE software. Yeah. yeah. I would like to say, bring back Quick Mail. You know, it's like what a great product product that was in its day. My favorite email program of all time, and uh, only old school people will even remember this one. And it actually wasn't a standalone email program. It was the email client built into the early versions, I think 4.5 or 4.7, of Netscape Navigator. Oh, that's right. That, the, their email program that was built into the browser was phenomenal. It was it Mozilla, the Mozilla Mail, yeah. And it you was, still get that? That used to be available so. as a product. I don't. Well, that's what Thunderbird was built upon. I'm just trying to see if Mozilla Mail still exists. Mozilla Mail. Uh, the open source suite of applications used for web browsing, email, or creating HTML pages. It might still be out there. I guess I have to check that out and see. That, that was my it. favorite of all time. I don't know why. I don't even remember specifically why <laughs> I liked it so much. I just have very fond memories. When I think of, e- of great old <clears throat> email programs, that's the one that kind of mm, pops up. Now, there is one that I know they still make it, but it, it hasn't been updated. It doesn't feel modern. Which one? Um, uh, uh, Eudora. Oh yeah, I haven't used Eudora in a long time. I used to actually like Eudora. I but. did. I, I like. That's what I used right before I switched Qualcomm to the Netscape Modern. Navigator. Yeah, which kill it. Yeah. But there's a um, there's a good opportunity for someone to make a, a just a really great email program. I'll give you so free before, advertising before if you get, make a good one. The end, I know we're getting there. I got I got to ask you. Sure. We got we got to cover the best damn Chinese food in San Francisco mm-hmm. discussion. Um, I think I know the place. Oh, really? I have to ask the question. Did you cross Market Street? I don't know. See, that's important. So there used to be so my office used to be on 3rd and Market when I was working for the security company I worked for. And like you, I used to, you know, it turns out there's a lot of restaurants, hole-in-the-wall restaurants, so you walk around, and and, I, and I'll have to get you the address where it is, but there was this one street I walked down one day, and there was a place that sort of looked like a, it looked like a convenience store, although it wasn't. It was well, this was a convenience store. I mean, oh. they had the coolers, and you could buy the pop, and they had cigarettes behind the counter, and it was definitely a convenience store. Well, they had some of that, but this place makes made sandwiches, and they had a Chinese food buffet that you bought by weight. Hmm. And it was really good. 
And I, and I told someone, that I said, hey, this stuff is really good. They didn't blame me. So I started taking people from work down there going, wow, this is actually really good. That, that um, was the thing that surprised me, how good it was. I mean, you wouldn't expect to have good food coming out of a convenience store Chinese buffet, you know? Yeah. But it, well, sometimes, uh, it depends on the time. If you went near lunchtime, then it was probably pretty fresh. Too. It was around lunch. Well, it was, you know, the, the Steve Jobs keynote went for like an hour and a half. So we left there probably around 1130. And probably it was... 12, 12, 15 when we finally got there. So, yeah. So there, right is one, there is one, I don't know if it's on Powell. I'll have to find out what street it's on. But there is one that does that on the other side of Market Street away from the convention center. I can't think of any buffet Chinese place on the other side unless you were really far north up by the Mint. Where it, that hotel you stayed in that one time was? Yeah, I don't think it was that. I do remember, it seems like we passed a, passed a lot of bank branches i kind of remember that i you say walgreens because that's the big there was a there, yeah job. well because everywhere it's on every block yep i don't I, I it's one of those things i would love to be able to go back there again well i'm a, i i now i have a couple of people out looking for it so <laughs> i'm gonna find that and if you get a weird package in the mail with freeze-dried food <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> i don't have to worry about one of the, the other listeners way. trying to poison me <laughs> This will shut him up. I'm not going to unsubscribe. I'm just going to poison the guy. <laughs> Send him Chinese food in the mail. I, you know, there's a real story when I was in college. One of the, we used to have these pizza nights. And um, one of the guys in the senior year moved. He moved back east. And he jokingly said he missed the pizza night. So we took a big envelope and stuck a slice of pizza in it. <laughs> and mailed You sent it UPS to him. And, of course, he got it. It was really amazing. UPS delivered this thing, and he called us and said, oh, God, this greasy envelope appeared, you know, at the door. <laughs> <laughs> we were just laughing saying, this hat's off to UPS for actually delivering it, you know. Uh, That's pretty amazing. He said it was disgusting, but, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was some of a piece of pizza. From... That's funny. So it's not beyond me that I might send you some, yeah, tell me what your favorites are, is sweet and sour pork arrives in the mail. You know? Um, Probably chicken fried rice. Um... <laughs> I like uh, Kung Pao. I don't know. We're spoiled in San Francisco because there's a lot of good Chinese food in San Francisco. Hmm. And if next time you come out, I'll take you to a place that's not like that. You sit down and eat. But my, what I think is the best Chinese in San Francisco, not too far from there. It's not cheap, but it's really good. That's weird. I just got a text. Uh, the, the alarm systems at the two different stores of Mac Specialist. Uh, whether they're armed or disarmed, I get a text every time that happens. Oh. And I just got a text. Well, one of our systems is um, through alarm.com. Uh, it's a custom system. That's at our new store in Oak okay. Park. Um, and I, it's it's a great system. But the other one's um, ADT. And that's they put, yeah, that's what I got at home as well. But they put a newer system um, with this matrix box and, all this fun stuff. So I can literally watch video in that store from anywhere in the world on my, my four us. It, it's pretty cool. But I get texts every time someone arms or disarms the alarm at either location. So I know when people are getting there and I know when people are leaving. Oh, that's slick. And I can literally get in there and you know, if I missed them see coming who, in, see who it is. right. Well, I can also control the DVR from my phone or my iPad or the computer. So I, I can rewind it and see two minutes ago, whoever it was that came in. Uh, but with the ADT system, it actually tells me who disarmed oh, whose it. code it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's very slick. And uh, I just got a text from ADT, uh, but it, 
I don't know why I'm getting it now. I mean, right now it's eleven. It's two o'clock here, basically. Well, right? If it says that you just signed in, you should be worried. <laughs> no, yeah, but it, it told me that someone just disarmed it, but they disarmed it at eleven fifty a.m. So before the nine o'clock time they open. Why the hell am I just getting this text now? <laughs> I wonder if they, sometimes the networks to those things just maybe that's the soonest they could get it to you. I don't know. I don't know. It was pretty weird, but it, it took that long for the text to so reach let's me. Talk about, I have to tell you about alarm systems. So when we we still have our old system that was put in by an independent guy, but ADT took over the company. And the first thing you know, ADD comes out and they want to add things to it. And the first thing the guy asked me is, "Do I want the keychain fob to disarm the alarm?" Right. This is the stupidest thing in the world. It is. Because so now all someone needs is your... lose our keys. Yep. Not only do we give the person the keys to the house, but we give them the button to turn the alarm off. What are they thinking? It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Um, I don't get that. They they offer the same thing to us for our house. Do you want uh, a key fob? And no. Well, I, I absolutely don't. Like, I, I don't. I want the function turned off. So that someone can't hack it on the radio frequencies and turn it off. Right. Well, he said, yeah. well, you know, with this, what you could do is just leave this in your glove compartment in your car. But that's oh, a terrible idea. Still. So someone can break into my car, see yeah, that, it's in front of my house. and now just disarm the system in, in the whole house. Thank you. I, I thought maybe it was just, I no. was missing something. It's a terrible idea. I understand. So we, have a, we have a little fob thing that's a panic button. You know, it sits in the nightstand. So now, even if the alarm is off, you can press the button and right. it sets the alarm off again. Uh, but I didn't understand that. So thank you. I thought maybe I was just crazy. Why? Now, there are apps, and I do have apps for both ADT that I can arm and disarm it on my phone. But I have to punch in my code before it lets me do that. I can't do that because mine is not an ADT system. It's actually made by, oh, I don't know, some Bosch, I think. Mm-hmm. Some German company. It was a... Uh, the house I live in is people call it the tree house because it's got a lot of windows so we couldn't get a regular home system because there's too many windows to cover so we have this we have the same system you would probably see in some businesses if you saw the panel on the wall you'd go wait I have that at work yeah I've I've got something very similar extra features like I didn't put the the glass break and uh, well I have one glass breakage because we have a room with a lot of windows that, that don't that that just people would break to get into, but uh, we have motion sensors and we have trip wires and you know little, little beams and stuff. But and then the only person who ever sets it off is me because I forget about <laughs> it. So. Yeah, but it goes off like you know the, we had a tree fall over. One of the plants in our house fall over and it set off a motion sensor. So, uh, well, when we leave now, we have two settings: either stay or right. away. And away, obviously, it turns on the motion sensors. Right. But with our dogs, our fairly large dogs, I can never set it to away because right. they will set off the alarm every time. They could actually program a third one in there for you that turns that does the equivalent of away, but disables certain. You know, instead of you having to stand there and override them one by one, right. they, can, they can do that for you. So we had a big fat cat who passed away not too long ago. But um, if he would walk through the house, he'd never set the motion sensor off. But if he'd run through the house, he would. Yeah, he would set it off. So uh, I asked the AT guy about it, and he said, "Just put a piece of tape over the bottom half of the of the IR sensor." Huh. So we did, and so the it it means it means like the last foot on the floor was no longer no longer visible. So okay, guys, if you want to break into my house, you have to you have to crawl on your belly to get past the motion <laughs> sensor. Uh, you have to get the doors open first, which sets off the alarm. But um, 
so the cat wouldn't set it off. So we, that's the way we got around that. He, you know, they, he, he said they could come out and adjust it for $75, or I could just put a piece of tape over the bottom half. Ah, screw that. And it actually worked, so. Anything else you, know, you want to cover before we wrap up this episode? Oh, I was looking at my list. I was reviewing these things from Ultra T- HD TVs. Don't get it. TVs are... TV, uh, this is my... I'm going to say this out loud now. I've been saying this for a while. I think broadcast television has got about 10 years left. And we're just... The idea of channels is just going to, uh, that we know them today is going to go away. I agree. Uh, it's going to be apps. It'll be apps and it'll be... It'll be, you know, yeah, you'll have the Hulu app, you'll have the, the, the Voodoo app, you'll have the Netflix app, you'll have, and, you'll, and people get ready to start pay-per-view. It's, I think, you know, advertisement doesn't work. P- DVRs and PBRs have made advertisement not work. It, it just, and so you're starting to see in-app advertising, I mean, in-show advertising. Yep. If you're a Eureka fan, which is one of my favorite shows. I am. And they did well, a episode once that was obviously paid for by degree deodorant because yes. they were all wearing degree deodorant lab coats and they, you know, they were handing degree deodorant. I'm hoping I'd rather pay 50 cents for my episode than have to watch the show changed because, and Ford's really bad at it too. Ford takes a number of programs and you know, you, people are driving in the, in the detective show and you have to see their thumb hit the sync button and a close-up of the dashboard is the thing, you know, this is just, Stop doing this. Well, they do that in Amazing Race now. Yeah. Yeah, their ads are in because they're part of the program, so you can't skip over them. Right. Right? But I think that's all going to go away. I think linear television is going to go away. You said you have a DVR. You don't watch TV in the linear fashion anymore, do you? Uh, Occasionally, yeah, because of the kids. Sports. But but the stuff that, well, sports, of course. Yeah. Um, Although someone at work told me, well, I don't watch the ads during sports. I go, well, how do you? How do you watch it? Do you record it? He goes, no, I pause it right at the beginning of the game and I go do something else for an hour, an hour and a half. I've done that. I said, oh, that's a really good idea. I've done that. You start it and you, you, yeah, you get 45 minutes to an hour of pause. And you well, it, it also makes baseball a lot better. Record the whole show uh, and then come back and hit it on times three. And baseball is actually an exciting sport again. That's very funny. You watch baseball at three X. I think that's hysterical. <laughs> that's the only way I could watch. It's strike, ball, ball, hit. Next one, strike, <laughs> strike, ball. I'm I'm seeing all the action. I just don't have to. Hit. Well, oh, so boring. Uh, always said he thought baseball would be a lot more fun. And instead of a pitcher's mound, they put a hole. Uh huh. They put all the pitchers down there. They were all <laughs> down in the hole, and then any one of them could pop up and throw the ball. <laughs> he said that would be better, and he says then change the rule that you don't have to run the bases in order. You can just run to any one base you want, and it's not a home run unless you touch all the bases. So when the guy hits the ball, you don't know which base he's going to go to. Maybe he'll run to third. Maybe he'll run straight out to second, but don't fall in the hole. Uh, you know, he said that'll make baseball a whole lot better. <laughs> I I, uh, I came up, and I think I said this on a geeky show ever a long time ago. Uh, the only way you could really make baseball exciting to me is. Keep all the rules exactly the way they are, except one important one. Which one? The pitcher is trying to hit the batter. <laughs> so he has to protect himself with a stick of wood. Exactly. Professor <laughs> <laughs> Gallagher said he said he should be allowed. He says when the guy hits the ball, he should be able to carry the stick of wood into the field to protect himself. <laughs> you know, he says, you know, the guy's going to try to throw you out at first. Wave that stick of wood. <laughs> you know? and, if, <laughs> and if he hits you. Before you hit the ball, uh, th- three times you're out. 
three times you're out. Yeah, you get hit three times. That's right. I like that. That's a great rule. So there's no more walking. There's no more, you know, ball, ball four, ball, you know, none of that. He's, he's trying to hit you. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah, and you know, these pitchers now throw the ball at 100 and something miles an hour. You know, it's, yeah, it'd be it's, exciting. It'd be over pretty fast. <laughs> oh, it looks like that batter is dislocated uh, left socket eyeball <laughs> there hanging out. The batters will now have to be dressed up like football players. Yeah, but they can use aluminum bats again. <laughs> they can use anything. That's right. You can use uh, anything. You cricket bats. This big walk flat. out there with a pipe with a muffler stuck at the end of it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring your own protection. I like that. And it, and it's and the only time you're safe is if you're actually on a base. But if they hit you with the baseball when you're running for a base, you're out. Say, say that again. You, they have to hit you with the ball to get you out. Oh, so if you're running for a base and they hit you, you're out. Yeah, you're out. Yeah. Oh, so you could be sliding before you even get even close to the base because you're trying to avoid the ball. <laughs> That'd be fun. It'd be a lot better than what we got now. Anyways. So, uh, well, okay. Well, I, I think I've covered all the nonsense I wanted to cover. <laughs> Good. Um, again, I want to update with David. I don't know what's going on. I wish him. I wish him well. I'm so sorry for what's happened to him. Yeah. Just, it hurts. If, uh, you know, hopefully he's back before next Friday, able to do the podcast. And if he is, have him on in a second. If yeah, not, I'd love to join you on one of those with him. I love sure. talking to him. Dance. Well, I will be recording again next Friday. So okay, keep well, that in mind. I, I will probably be available if you need someone to stay. I, I can't do an English accent. Otherwise, I try to replace him. But it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a good thing what he's going through. And obviously... He's got a, a lot of well-wishers out there. People sent email. They sent uh, the comments on TechFan. Uh, I posted the information up on the MyMac Podcast G Plus Gmail thing, whatever that is. G Google Plus, I guess. Right. Um, and he got a lot of well-wishers there as well and on Facebook. So um, a lot yeah, of people... Google Plus seems to be working well. Like it's filling up my mailbox. I think... You know what I think that is? I, it's, it's a community bulletin board system again. It sort of is, isn't it? Yeah. You know what else it's is like, kind of making like a the comeback? It's like Facebook you want to pull out and use. Right. Exactly. But you know what it was starting to make a big comeback right now? What? Uh, and you heard it here first. Mailing lists. Yeah, seriously? Yep. Mailing lists are starting to make a comeback. Okay. So here's a request to your audience. I need... My wife does a mailing list. She puts out a newsletter once a quarter. And her email list is up to like over a thousand people now. Maybe 1,500 actually. And... Because of the way mail programs work, I have to send 100 mails at a time using Google. Right. Okay? And you get 1,000 before, and then your account turns off. Uh, look at subscriber mail. Well, I'm looking for a service that's, that, here's the problem. All the services I've looked at assume you're putting out a, an email once a week or once a month. So they're expensive. You pay a monthly fee. I want one that I can use four times a year hmm. and, and pay to use it. I'm, I'm willing to pay. I don't want it free. But I need someone who will let me send a thousand email messages. I'll give them a file of addresses and they send them out. They give me back the bounces or people's addresses that have gone bad. Okay, but at hand, all I have to do is give it an email, the, the mail I want to send and the list of addresses and it just sends them all for me. Yeah, do a Google search of... It's uh, known not to be a spammer. Right. Because right. the problem is some of these services, they, they, get, they get black flagged. Right. Look at look at subscriber mail. That's Just do a Google mail. search of it. Yep. A lot of companies are using subscriber mail now. 
We are. I had a quick interrupt, sorry. <laughs> Say that again? Subscriber, Subscriber mail? Subscriber mail, yeah. Is it, it's, a, it's a service or a program? It's a service. Subscriber mail. Okay, we'll check that out. Because that's the one, because you're right. She sends out her newsletter once a quarter, and she gets a lot of work from it. Yep. You know, that's how people know what she's doing. And people are uh, starting to kind of migrate back to... I, I don't know why either. I mean, because they were really big in the 90s. They kind well, of started petering out. started taking over. Yeah. Um, I think I think spam filters have gotten good enough now that you can actually use email again for this. I, I, I know. I mean, I look at... I, to describe how good spam filters are, I actually have a Hotmail address still. It's an old Hotmail address I've had for years. And I never used to use it for anything. It was sort of like my Yahoo address. I mm-hmm. never used it because it would always fill up with, you know, 6,000 spams. And all I would ever do is select all, delete, right? Uh, I kept them because when I would log on to a website somewhere and they wanted an email, I would use that because I knew I was going to get spammed. And I hadn't looked at my Hotmail in like six weeks. I went open it. There was four messages in it. <laughs> yeah. And that tells you how good the spam filter is. Yep. You know, that thing would have, that thing would have had 2,000 mail messages in it before. Yep. Absolutely. So, Yahoo, you guys got to wake up. I still get 150 mail, spam mail messages in that account a day. And I just have a rule that deletes them all automatically, so I don't use it anymore. Uh, they need to upgrade theirs. But Google Spam Filter and Hotmail, so we, we don't call it Hotmail now. They have a new name for it. Is it MSN Mail, I think? Something like that, yeah. Uh, it's actually quite good. I was actually surprised how good. I, actually, Microsoft in general, I'm surprised how good their stuff has been getting lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Windows 8 phone, although I'm not ready to buy one, I was actually blown away by it. It's actually quite cool. And hats off to Microsoft for being the first company to actually try something different. Yeah, imagine that. You know, they innovated, and it's actually kind of a cool thing. It's a cool-looking thing. It's not selling uh, for crap, but... it's Unfortunately, it's, you know, they, they're right to the market. It's going to be difficult, but, God, innovation. How how delightful, Microsoft. It was so cool <laughs> to see that. You know, well, they've done it they, they, to be... To be fair they've been doing it quite a bit in the last few years they have and it's it's actually you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start bashing on Apple being like the new Microsoft because it's their software has become buggy and they don't seem to care and bugs aren't getting fixed fast enough and, uh, and Microsoft on the other hand who's probably scrambling now to find ways to stay relevant has become has changed and I'm actually impressed by that company all of a sudden again so and if if Sony can actually do what their CEO said and and be a more focused company, maybe they can do I miss something. Sony. I, I miss do too. Sony the Sony we have now is not the Sony you and I knew. I have a Vio sitting in front of me um, from 1999. It's my old, it's the this was the MacBook Air of the day. It yeah. is ultra thin, little tiny thing. It's exactly like the Air would be, although it's about twice as thick. And I look at that in 1999 and I said, that was awesome. I mean, the Vio was the computer everybody wanted. Yep. Right? I remember. And it wasn't until the MacBook Pros started getting very cool that they that the Vio wasn't cool anymore, right? But I think Sony needs to go back there. You were talking about what was out before the iPhone, by the way, in your last, on your last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you forgot to mention the Trio. I didn't forget to mention the Trio. I just didn't like them myself. I also didn't mention the Motorola Rocker which was the first phone that you could sync with iTunes. Yeah, I didn't like the rocker, but I had a trio. I had several trios. It was the that was the phone everybody wanted yep. before the iPhone. You That's know, true. I mean, when you look at it, it did a lot of the same things. It could play music, it had apps, it had games, it, you know, had a touch screen. It, it did a lot of stuff in the early days of those kind of phones that was quite quite out there. 
And, uh, you know, the iPhone basically handed them their lunch. Yep. Same with BlackBerry. Same with BlackBerry. Yeah, BlackBerry. Apple should just buy BlackBerry. Why? Incorporate mail technology into... Well, that would be nice. I mean, their, their mail technology is really, really good. Oh, is it ever? You know, and then, then the rest of those people who still think the iPhone isn't for corporations would be go oh it's blackberry mail and security that's that's not really a prevailing thought anymore i'll be honest with you not as much as it used to be i still have friends who their companies won't let them use iphones they have to use blackberries yeah that's you know like merrill lynch i think i don't think merrill lynch my my broker still has a blackberry i think oh no he has an iphone now too so but a lot of the companies they the 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 it guys still say oh we don't trust the iphones still i don't know why hmm you know interesting the best part about the iPhone over an Android for me is that all the apps, unless you jailbreak and you guys don't count, uh, because you just want to hack your phone, go get an Android, okay? Um, is that the apps are checked to make sure that they're not going to ruin, hurt your phone, or, or you know, stuff sneaks through, but it's a lot harder than when you have an open market. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I I have I own an Android phone because we developed for them, and I've downloaded an app and it started. It wasn't online, but I watch it on my network analyzer, and it was trying to send stuff out over the network. I was like, what the hell is this? So this app had some little thing in the back that was trying to glom onto all the email addresses. <sighs> nice. Yeah. And it didn't ask for permission. It just knew It just knew the calls to make to do it, you know? So uh, that's, the thing I, that's the one thing that keeps me on the iPhone over, over any other phone is that it's, it feels fairly secure as long as I don't jailbreak it. I do wish that there was more security built into the iPhone that if I launched this app, it asked for my password again. Um, something like Apple's, Apple's password thing? I, my example is uh, Evernote. I keep a lot of sensitive information in my Evernote. Can't you tell it to lock when it, when it goes into the background? Not that I've found. By the way, from programming, you get a call when you're, that says Apple will Apple enter background. You can easily lock. It's... Like if you use one password, which is one of my favorite programs, mm-hmm. it it will lock immediately. You can say lock immediately when it goes to background. Yeah, I don't know. So Evernote could just add that. That's their problem. My complaint on Apple passwords is that timeout thing. Yeah. So I, I my nephew wanted to play a tic tac toe game, so I downloaded a free tic tac toe game. Apple asks for my password, even though it's free. Okay, fine. First, thing, then I hand him the game. I hand him the phone. My own fault. I didn't look at the. The first thing it says is, do you want to upgrade to Pro? And he says, yes. Right? And it downloads the $1.99 version of Tic-Tac-Toe. Okay? And it didn't ask for my password again because I had just put it in. Uh, yeah. And th- it seems to me anytime you would spend money, it should ask for I think it's a, a three-minute delay now. It used well, to I be. I, I, you can set it always off now. Right. So mine asks always, which is annoying as well. But. Yeah. Mine sets that too because I do let the kids play with the iPhone and the iPad occasionally. And But that was just a, that's just a bad Thing. You know, Apple. What you're, you're going to charge me money? Ask me. Well, here's. I don't care. Let's, can, we do we could solve this real easy. Just give me multiple users on the iOS. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to log you out and log your wife or your kid in? Oh, so that's, they, that's what I want. And <laughs> Android just came out with that. It's not the most elegant solution. It's a huge processor hog as well. But a- really Apple's does. has to come up with this, don't they? They have to do this. If they would say it's only on the big devices, I'd be happy with it. Oh, yeah. Right? I can understand not on the iPhone, but on the iPad or the no, no, iPad no, no, Mini. No, only on 32 or 64 gig devices. Right? No. I could even see them not doing it with the phone. 
Yeah, you may be right. Okay. But at the very least on the iPads. Well, I have got to finish, though, because I have a phone call in 10 minutes. Yeah, my wife's going to be pulling back in with the kids any minute, so yep, yep, time to wrap it up. I appreciate this, Tim. Well, no, so I appreciate you coming on, Owen. It's to chat with you. I haven't talked to you for a long time, so I'm going to miss you out here for the show, but I'm going to bug you with tweets and messages while we're there. And if you do Thank find you the White Whale, please send yep, me an address <laughs> or a picture. Either one will be fine. Not a bucket of sweet and sour pork? <laughs> uh, no. Chicken fried rice. <laughs> well, I hope you uh, feel better soon, man. I've enjoyed it, and, uh, and maybe I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye.